Is Joshua Palacios staking his claim for a 2024 roster spot? We'll talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked On Pirates, brought to you by FanDuel and Jace Medical. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast, everybody here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every day. Thank you again for bearing with me as my internet is finally fixed. But guess what? We're here every single day here on your favorite podcast, the Locked On Pirates podcast. And obviously, I wanted this show to come up a little bit earlier today, but uh, some other things got in the way. But most of the things that I'm talking about today still reign pretty true. Of course, this will come out on your feeds uh, during the finale against the Washington Nationals in which the Pittsburgh Pirates look to win that series against the Washington Nationals today on Thursday, September 14th. And Joshua Palacios, as you guys heard in that wonderful intro that I always love to do, thank you, is he staking his claim for a 2024 roster spot? And it's something that I keep thinking about with Joshua Palacios, who, again, friend of the podcast. He was on this show about a week before he was called up to the Pittsburgh Pirates earlier this year. If you want to go check that out, I can have a link to that video in the description on YouTube and on your favorite podcast platforms. But he's gotten plenty of opportunities this year with the Pirates, and he's run with it. He really has, and he has not been the best player. He's not been the worst player on this team. He's isn't lighting the world on fire by any stretch of the imagination. He's just being himself. And one of the things that I remember that he talked about when he did the interview with myself is that he really just wanted to be, he just wanted to be a better player. And that's what the entire motive for him has been since he's come on to the Pittsburgh Pirates organization. And right now, The Pirates have a vacancy in right field. I don't think anybody would deny that. I don't think anybody would really have any qualms about that either because Henry Davis, Connor Joe, and Palacios have all played at that spot this year. Jack Sawinski's even been over there a couple of times. But they need somebody to hunker down that position and just take it over. And Davis has struggled at that position when we've seen him. I don't mind Connor Joe out there that much, but I just don't think he's a viable defender in right field. And with Davis Hurt, that's pretty much been Josh, uh, Joshua Palacios' spot as of late. He's been in right field. That's where he primarily has played for the Pirates this season. And he's shown signs that he could be a viable option out there Moving forward, I mean, over his last 15 games, Palacios is hitting 341. He has an on-base percentage of 400, a 537 slugging, and a 937 OPS. Two home runs, seven RBIs, and three stolen bases. That plays any day of the week for a Pittsburgh Pirates team that desperately needs somebody out there. And as I mentioned already, the Pirates are in the middle of 
or about to end this series against the Washington Nationals before they take on the uh, New York Yankees over Roberto Clemente weekend. And in this national series, he's done very good. He already has four hits and three RBIs, including a home run. And he's had some impress, uh, impressive defensive plays as well, throwing out uh, uh, Vargas in the seventh inning in the first or second game. I can't remember which one it was, but he's been spread all over the outfield pretty much. He has 23 games in left field, 11 games in center field, 40 games in right field. So he's been all over the place. So that shows that he has that off uh, defensive versatility that Derek Shelton and the coaching staff love to use with a lot of these players. You've seen it most recently as well with Jared Triolo, who we talked about in our last episode about him moving over to first base and potentially being an option over there for the near future. So that's the time now where the Pittsburgh Pirates not being in contention, this is where you want to try and figure some of these things out. Now, obviously, it's a very small sample size for guys like Palacios and Triolo, but it's something they can go into the offseason and work on if the Pirates choose to do so. And let's remember as well, folks, Palacios worked his way up to this point. He did not start the season very highly touted, for this Pirates team, he was a 27-year-old double-A outfielder that was picked up in the minor league rule five draft from the Nationals, the team the Pirates are currently playing. And he lit up the minor leagues a lot. And, of course, if you guys remember from that interview, he jokingly said it's because he put his contacts in. He didn't, he didn't want to bat with glasses anymore. And we've seen his brother Richie uh, bat with glasses as well. And Richie's done some very good things over in St. Louis. But for a guy like Palacios, he was not expected to be a contributor on this roster. He was not. He's not had a good way of things the last couple of years that he's been at the majors. He's been sent down. He's been a minor league player for the most part in his professional baseball career. And double-A manager Calix Crabb said, said that one of the first things that Palacios talked about when he got to the Pittsburgh Pirates organization is that he didn't want to be bitter about being in double-A Altoona. He just wanted to be better. And I think that's a good mantra to live by, not only for him, but for this entire team. Don't be bitter about the record and the fact that you're out of playoff contention. Just continue to be better. And he's done just that. He's been a better baseball player than he currently was a year or two ago. He is a much better product than he was a year or two ago, and he's only 27. I know that's a little bit older than we would like to talk about a guy as a potential future piece of this team, but 27, I mean, if he figures it out, he still has a long time before his career is over, folks. And in his first 43 games this year, he only homered one time. In his past 33 games, he has homered seven times. So he's showing some of the pop that you like to see that a lot of uh, people like to see now in today's baseball. He's showing that he can put the ball over the fence and give you some power from the uh, left-hand side. He's also averaging an exit velocity, an average exit velocity at 90.7 miles per hour, which is well above league average, but he's not eligible to be on StatCast via hitting. But... His defensive contributions, I think, are more important than his bat right now because the Pirates, as I've mentioned, have kind of been a rotating door 
at that right field spot. You've seen G1 Bay and Jack Sawinski take over center field and Brian Reynolds take over left. But right field has kind of been a weird spot. Henry Davis, again, has struggled in that position. He has the arm to play that position, but does he have the defensive acumen to play the position? Palacios, on the other hand, has done well in both areas. And right now, he is in the 88th percentile in arm strength among all MLB players at 91 miles per hour on average over in the right field spot. But the biggest question, again, for Palacios is where he fits into this team long term. And I think he can fit into this team long term. And I think his best chance to do that is to be that spark plug off the bench that we've seen him be in those clutch situations. He is a guy that, for some reason, those clutch situations pop up and he just loves it. He loves to do big things in big situations for this Pirates team. He's been a very good pinch hitter when he's been called upon as a pinch hitter. And he's a guy that can play right field when you need him to. He can play center field and left field. He can play every outfield spot if you need him to do so. So I think that's what his role pro- will probably be moving forward. Is I think he will be a hybrid outfielder pinch hit guy that plays the outfield, starts when guys need day off, uh, need days off. And this is if the Pirates don't figure out that position in free agency or via trade, which I don't think they're going to prioritize as much as figuring out the first base position and the starting rotation, which opens up the door for Palacios to secure a roster spot in 2024. Now, obviously, he'll have to go to spring just like everybody else and secure that roster spot again, which I think he can do and has proven that he probably will. And again, we spoke to him earlier this year, and he was adamant about getting better, and he's done that. He's been a good baseball player for this team this year, and I think he has positioned himself for a potential roster spot in 2024 And I wouldn't be mad if he gets it. I think he's a very good contributor to this team when he's on. When he's off, he's not that great. But when he is on, folks, he is on. And Joshua Palacios, I think we should expect more of him moving forward. One thing you should expect moving forward even more, at least for the end of this year, is Quinn Priester. He returned yesterday after being in the minor leagues for quite a bit. But before we talk about him, Let's talk about FanDuel, folks. You know I love making you money because the Pirates hit FanDuel's preseason over-under win total last night at 67.5. They've officially hit that number, and I said it from the jump that they would do it. I said this team would win at least 68 games. They're primed to win 70-plus down the final couple weeks of the season. If you want to bet on the Pirates, even today, if you want to bet tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, whatever, go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn because the MLB playoffs are right around the corner. And the NFL season is here with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season and get ready for the MLB playoffs with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL 
and the Locked On Podcast Network. And welcome back to the Locked On Pirates Podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in, as you always do. Support our sponsors are the reason this show is what it is and can come out to you every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And you guys are great. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates. You guys are great followers. You hit that like button all the time. You subscribe, and I can't thank you more for it. Quinn Priester, by the way, returned yesterday, and he's had an interesting 2023 debut campaign, to say the least. Of course, Quinn Priester, a former first round overall or first round pick from the Pittsburgh Pirates that we've expected to be an integral part of this rotation for the better part of a half decade since he was drafted. The kid has stuff. He really does. And yesterday he showcased some of what he toned and fixed at the minor league level yesterday, because through the first four innings, of course, Colin Selby started the game as an opener, something we've seen a ton from this Pittsburgh Pirates team as of late with basically a two man rotation. But through his first inning, uh, four innings of work last night, Priester looked untouchable, folks. I mean, he looked really good. He was getting swinging strikes. He was throwing it in the zone, which we'll talk about here in a moment. Sorry that my nose is running today, too, guys. Hopefully the sniffles aren't too annoying. But Priester, his only hit that he allowed through those first four innings was a solo shot. And... The fifth inning is when things spiraled. He surrendered a lot of hard contacts, uh, a lot of runs. He ended the game with four earned runs given up. The game, of course, got tight. And then David Bednar shut the door in a very, very high leverage situation with the bases loaded and one out and shut the door on the Washington Nationals to at least clinch a series split, uh, pending on whatever happens today. But there were some positives from this start for Quinn Priester, Notably, the fact that he was just filling up the zone and he was getting swinging strikes. And nine of those, of course, on 62 pitches, that's what you want to see from Quinn Priester. You want him to force those swing and misses. You want him to force guys to look lackadaisical in the box. That is what Priester is very good at because Quinn Priester has some velocity that he can throw, but it's not Luis Ortiz, Mitch Keller, or Johan Oviedo velocity that you're going to see from uh, Quinn Priester. He sits around 95-96, which is still very, very good and will play at the MLB level, but you have to have movement on it and you have to put it in the zone. And speaking of the zone, Priester stayed in the zone quite often last night. Uh, an issue, of course, that he had in his previous outings, I believe he had a base on balls over uh, base on balls per nine over five in his uh, previous six outings with the Pittsburgh Pirates. But he threw 45 strikes on those 62 pitches that I mentioned uh, just a little bit earlier, a 73 percent strike percentage, which is something you really like to see. He started a lot of his counts at 0-1. That's another thing you like to see from these young pitchers. You want them to get ahead in counts. You want them to continue to load up the zone and get into those favorable 1-2-0-2-0-1 counts where they can just do their stuff. And Priester even spoke about it last night, saying he was just kind of saying F it and just throwing as hard as he could. And that's really another thing that I like, too, is you got to see an uptick in his fastball and his sinker. His sinker was averaging out around 95. His fastball averaged out about 94 and a half. You like to see that it was averaging around 93 and 92 when he was initially up here. And that's a big credit to why he was struggling so much. 
Speaking of the number four again, considering he went four innings, gave up four hits, gave up four runs, all this other stuff. He's only had one outing this season where he's allowed less than four runs, which speaks to his 9.09 ERA. Uh, That came on August 4th versus Milwaukee, where he only allowed three. But it was the fourth time last night that he did have four-plus strikeouts in an outing. Of course, his high of seven on July 29th versus the Philadelphia Phillies spoke high numbers for him whenever he did that. I believe that was like his third or fourth start that he had, and that was when we started to really see what Quinn Priester was all about. In his minor league stint, Had many goals, of course. We already knew what they were upon his return. You wanted to see an uptick in the fastball velocity. You wanted to see him pound the zone. You wanted to see him look comfortable on the mound, too. There were times where he did look uncomfortable. But just also be happy that he didn't perform like Jackson Rutledge. Now, I will say about Jackson Rutledge, that kid is going to be very good for the Washington Nationals moving forward. He had a lot of unlucky contact in that game, but he was also allowing a lot of hard contact on top of it. Just an overall bad game for him as well. With 16 games, uh, by the way, remaining in the season, I would expect that you probably see Quinn Priester at least two more times, maybe three more times, depending on how the Pirates want to do this. And with those opportunities for Priester comes growth and a knowingness of what he needs to fix in the offseason. Velocity needs to stay where it was last night. He even topped out around 96, almost 97 at one point last night. And just fill up the zone, kid. And one thing I think we need to remind ourselves with Quinn Priester as well that I try to remind everybody about with Luis Ortiz and even Ruanzi Contreras, he's very young. But as with Priester, the Pirates need development from these young pitching players and prospects heading into next season. They need it desperately. And it's no secret, though, that they're going to look outside the organization again to field a competent rotation. And they just have to. Because you cannot put all of the chips on the table that Quinn Priester, Luis Ortiz, Rolante Contreras, even Jared Jones are going to contribute enough to make your rotation competitive next year. You just can't hope for that. And it makes the core of the pitching staff stronger if they do figure it out. And as we've seen this year with the Pittsburgh Pirates, injuries are going to be a part of your pitching staff every single year. So why not go out and bring in one or two starters for longer than a one-year contract, Ben Charrington, please. And also have the potential that Quinn Priester, Rolandi Contreras, or Luis Ortiz, or any number of these young pitchers do figure it out. And then they force their way into the rotation rather than just being handed the spot because there's nobody else available to play the spot. And I've stated this on this show before. You can't hinge all hope that those things are going to happen as the front office. You cannot hope that Quinn Priester is just going to flick his wrist and snap his finger and hope that it works out. Same thing with Luis Ortiz. Same thing with Rowanzi Contreras. You want to, same thing with Bailey Falter and Thomas Hatch. You cannot just go into the season assuming these guys are going to be contributors. They should be, but don't force it on them. Let them start the season in AAA and force their way up to Pittsburgh or be the fifth starter on a rotation that features Mitch Keller, Johan Oviedo, and two quality free agent starters. It's something to think about. 
It really is. But the Pirates themselves cannot hope that Quinn Priester and others just figure it out. It's going to take time. Look at Mitch Keller. It took him until he was 27 to figure it out. 27. Yet here we are with Quinn Priester, and I think he'll be just fine. Today's episode is also brought to you by a new sponsor, Jace Medical. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case is fill out a simple online form, and in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of our onboard certified physicians. Get ongoing care from our physicians on any treatment-related question doctor-created, and doctor-recommended. Don't be caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using my code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com. Jacemedical.com can save you more than $360 plus an additional $20 off when you use the code locked on at jacemedical.com to take care of yourself. And welcome to the third and final segment of today's episode of Locked On Pirates here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in, as you always do, every single day, Monday through Friday. And we got unfortunate news that we kind of expected to come our way on Tuesday as the Pittsburgh Pirates announced on Tuesday that O'Neill Cruz would not play again this season. And obviously... With the days kind of being numbered at this point, we kind of expected this. Obviously, the Pirates, of course, lost O'Neill Cruz to a fractured ankle earlier this year, and that stung. I mean, the Pirates started the season very well. Obviously, we all remember 20-8, and eight, probably the funnest time that I ever had on this show. But losing a preseason projected 3.0 war player and shortstop, may I add, who only would have taken the next steps in his development as a potential superstar is going to hurt any team. So now the focus shifts to how Cruz handles the offseason, having, of course, only played nine games, about a week and a half worth of games this year. And the options are there for whatever O'Neill Cruz decides to do. If he wants to go to Pirate City and train in simulated action, which is what I think the Pirates would want him to do, uh, of course, with their scouts and everybody around, I think that would be the safest option for him to moderate his rehab and moderate his workload. He also has the Arizona Fall League as an option. He obviously has only played not even really half a season's worth of Major League Baseball to this point. So he could easily go to the Arizona Fall League and learn some things, and the Pirates could keep some eyes on him again to make sure that he's doing what he needs to do and all of that good stuff. And winter ball is an option. He can go down there and play winter ball if he would like to. He did it last season. And it's something that he can do again if he really wants to. But again, the biggest focus for O'Neill Cruz is to have him at 100% or as close as you can get to 100% heading into 2024 spring training. 
that is the biggest focus because you have key Brian Hayes, you have Mitch Keller, you have Brian Reynolds, you have O'Neill Cruz, you have pieces that are helping you figure out the core of this team. And O'Neill Cruz is a part of that. And you need him to be a competitive baseball team in 2024. There is no doubt in my mind about that, that O'Neill Cruz has to play and be healthy for this team to have NL Central aspirations next year. And Ben uh, Charrington spoke to reporters about it on Tuesday about O'Neill Cruz, saying O'Neill is going to be focused on what is best for him. I'm confident wherever that lands, it will be an agreement we come together. Of course, Ben Charrington said this. I don't see that being an issue with him. He just wants to be in the best spot going into spring training. And that is the sentiment that it needs to be. He just needs to be at spring training in Bradenton, Florida, as healthy as he can possibly be. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. It just has to be whatever regime and regimen he can do to be healthy to get back on the baseball field, to running the bases, to hitting the baseball as hard as we know as he can. It's what he needs to do. And Cruz, again, is a long-term core option of this team. He is locked up for a while, as with Brian Reynolds and Key Brian Hayes. An extension for Cruz is something that I would expect in the near future. But it makes sense for him not to play again this year. Pittsburgh's not in playoff contention and forcing him back to potentially make the injury worse would just make absolutely zero sense. And I think it makes a ton more sense that they decided, hey, we're just not going to play you again this year. We don't see the point. And I don't see the point either. It would be nice to have seen him come back as we thought he might at the end of August, early September. But with setbacks, it happens. A fractured ankle is a tough injury to come back from. And I have full confidence, though, that he'll play some simulated baseball in the offseason, be it Pirate City, be it the Fall League, be it Winter Ball. And he'll be eased back into the swing of things going through the offseason. You know players are going to work with him. You know the coaches and medical staff and everybody in the organization is going to work with him to make sure he gets back on the baseball field at 100% and is the best version of himself. Now, obviously opening day would almost be a full calendar year that he has played a baseball game, so I expect nothing more than him being ready for opening day. And I'm excited to watch him play again next season. We'll obviously be covering everything about the offseason here on the Locked On Pirates podcast. Bit of a tongue twister there for me for some reason right there. And we'll be covering O'Neill Cruz's rehab and him getting back on the field healthy because we all want to see it. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Locked On Pirates podcast, as you always do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Ethan Smith. Follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates. Have a wonderful rest of your Thursday. Thank you so much, and I'll see you on the flip side.